0: The smartest guys around are about to break it down like they won the game a million times well actually they didn't really win the game at all
2: survivor no it all.
1: Take apart. Look who's wow. back.
2: It's Stephen Fishback. Steven, how are Ooh. you? I'm great. I missed you last week. I am really loving this season of Survivor. I it's been such a great cast. Yeah. It's very fun. You know, I have some quibbles, but they're just quibbles. You know, it's, it's so much the cast is great. They're all playing hard. It's it's like the it's fun. The bird gauge thing is super fun. Yeah. I'm really enjoying myself. A lot of fun
1: to be had here with this group. Although a disappointing outcome uh, from where I sit tonight uh, was not ready to let Claire go. Of course, uh, we'll have the exit interview coming up on Thursday. And then your friend and mine. Rick Evans uh, no. will talk with me on Thursday. Uh, maybe he can uh, tell us a little bit about what it's like to make a bunch of fake idols and plant them around the camp. So you good time yeah. good time to have Rick Evans on the podcast. Of course, we'll be taking your questions as well here tonight. You can post them in the chat. But Steven, let me just mention here, two weeks from tonight, wow. I'm going to be, for the very first time, live oh. in my new ho- adopted hometown, Raleigh. Wow. North Carolina for oh. a live show, and we will be watching a Survivor live. And the Survivor guest list, Stephen, is overflowing. Oh boy!
2: Hey, put, well, tell me, tell me, give me, give me some names
1: that we are we are up to over eight confirmed Survivor players, Stephen. It's a who a who's who <laughs> of. Survivors in attendance, Stephen, and we're going to be together at the Duke Energy Center live here in Raleigh. I will be watching Survivor with a podcast panel to follow, uh, That's amazing. taking uh, your questions live in well, who's, who are the eight? That is Stephen. That listen. Okay, uh, what is this, a press conference? <laughs> i just curious.
2: It seems like a natural question. Yeah. <laughs> a
1: lot of mystery around Rob, ha- Rob has a website at dot .com slash Raleigh. Rob has a website at .com slash events for ticket information. All right, Stephen, you're not going to want to sit out of this one, although you are. Well, I will be. Actually. Yeah, yeah I'll you, I'll be you, will be. you will yeah, be. You will be. And you see how that goes. That's frowned upon.
2: <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I, I stopped, you know, I, I missed like one or two of your live shows. I got it written out. It's like our hap Live now, you know, no more live know-it-alls. You're it's in just, v- you're, well, I, you're I, reserve, solo.
1: I reserve the know-it-alls for oh, nice. when, actually, that's, that's, when, you, when you're going to come. Um, yeah, but yeah, if you want to, if you want to like uh, give up the title, feel free. All uh, right. But, uh, no, Stephen, let's go ahead and talk about um, this vote out of Claire here, which, of course, that uh, watching the show, we learned, of course, obviously Claire has uh, voted out because she has sat out of three immunity challenges. And, obviously, uh, that is a bridge too far. Uh, and the Soka tribe has to get rid of Claire, uh, deservedly so, for sitting out of immunity challenges.
2: I've seen people sit out of a lot of immunity challenges and go on to win multiple seasons. of mm-hmm. Yes. yes. And in some ways. It used you know, to be celebrated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, I'm going to be honest. I would have voted out Claire too here. I think that was the right decision for, for the who? group. For who? Yes. No, of course, there's like, why is that? Because, you know, we talk a lot about how everyone is playing the long game, but they're still in the short game and they're still in the tribal game and there's still six people. Now, you know, soon to be five people in the tribe. They still have to keep winning these immunity challenges or they're going to come right back, you know, and to vote out one of the strongest people, certainly the best abs on the season, um, you know, in in favor of the person who, you know, sits out the most. Um, I think it would have been a mistake this early in the game. Um, Yeah. I mean, obviously there are people, you know, who like, for example, Franny says, I don't want to vote. You know, I don't want to vote out Claire. Um, She, she does. She does end up voting out Claire, but you know, from her perspective, yes. Like, like you were saying, you know, two weeks ago when we spoke, you know, on these small tribes, if you, if you, you know, lose a little bit of leverage, suddenly you could be the next target. And that obviously would be a justified fear for her. Although, you know, with her partnership with Matt, which makes her a big target, also gives her a little bit of voting leverage. Um, so I do think it's the right call. Like who was Claire, other than sort of Franny's kind of hope to work with Claire down the road, who was she good for on the tribe? You know, and, and of course there's also the counter argument of, you know, Josh is shifty, which Franny says, which we never, we don't really have any context for, but you know, yeah, we go unchallenged when she said it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think
1: there's a lot to discuss here I, that I do want to open this conversation with the small tribes, as, as you mentioned, because I, I really feel like that things have gone wrong here in the new era, and I, I feel I, I mean this in the most respectful way, but this is. Not working with these six-person tribes here in the new era. Maybe coming back for 41 and 42. Okay, people didn't know what to expect. But now, for whatever reason, after seeing it play out, okay, the players that have been voted out of the small tribes pre-merge are Mariah, Justine, Nneka, Lindsay, Geo, the only man who happens to be the smallest man on the season, also a member of the LGBTQ community, okay? Maddie, we come, then we come back to the season, pick up, we're right where we left off. Maddie, Helen, and now Claire, okay? Yeah. So I don't think that this is intentional and, you know, certainly like not what we are hoping for. But when Survivor came back in the new era, That there was an idea of that we were going to make this as an even playing field for as many different diverse players as possible. And I don't think that we are doing right by the women contestants because that really, in this phase of the game, with no swaps either, that now these tribes have seen this play out, say, okay, well, we are in what the best thing to make myself safe for as long as possible is to keep the tribe strong and vote women out of these tribes. And so I really do think that, that more so than Claire did anything specifically wrong. Like, I think that this is a, a way that the game is set up right now that is hurting the female contestants.
2: I think that's a great point. And I think you're so right too, about it being based around the swaps because they've seen that there is not going to be a swap. So you think we have to keep this tribe as strong as we possibly can physically, you know, in the, in the sort of like, because these are really big physical challenges. And there's a reason that they sat Claire out of them. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason that I would be worried about, you know, if I had to, like I said, if I had to choose between the, you know, Josh and Claire as some of the person who's going to compete next to me for my place in the game. I would choose Josh, but you're right. Like the, the fact that there are no swaps and that they know there are no swaps and that they're sticking to this no mm-hmm. swaps format, suddenly that becomes a really pressing concern. Whereas, you know, they used to, right, go from three tribes, they used to swap very quickly. And that would create a lot more room to play for people because there wouldn't be that urgency of getting out the the smaller person. You know, you could think who, Am I most gelling with who is going to help me strategically down the road? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if
1: there were even different types of challenges in the pre-merge, I mean, every mm-hmm. every challenge in the pre-merge and like the challenge department does a great job that they do these incredible builds that are very exciting to watch. But you know, every single challenge in the pre-merge is very, very physical. I can't even remember the last challenge that they had in the pre-merge of any Survivor season that wasn't something that involved a ton of physical Yeah, there's a puzzle at the end, and that's like the great equalizer. But the bulk of the challenge is always something very super physical, and you have a very small tribe that you do need to preserve, the people that are going to be able to carry you through these physical challenges. And I just also want to put, uh, mention also that it doesn't look too good for Sarah also uh, from this pre-merge. I'll be surprised if she escapes here in the, in the pre-merge. So... I, again, it's it's just not fun to talk about this. I'm not I'm not going to dwell on it all week long, but I feel like at the at the top of the show, like I think that it's it's worth a a look at in terms of like when we're talking about the why of things are on Survivor so much that I do think that this is worth a, a, a look at. And maybe we want to think about maybe going back to Two Tribes.
2: Although I will say as one caveat, and I agree with you, you know, across the board, Brandon was supposed to go home, right? Brandon had an idol. That vote was for Brandon. He was supposed to go home according to who? Well, according According to the numbers, I mean. No, I mean the the tribe had the numbers to vote out. Like he received most of the votes and it looked like the tribe consensus was on Brandon. He did play an idol. I mean, there's just. He had two votes against him well oh, no okay that was, the, that was the majority of the votes <laughs> and you know
1: it did seem Three like people, the majority of people didn't vote <laughs> so I don't know how many yeah. people were actually going to uh, on board Yeah, uh, and I don't want to contest it, the broader it, point because really it's, Jamie it's, uh, was uh, uh, that really what was going to that Jamie was supposed to be the person who uh, the consensus was on and then she was going to play her shot in the dark and maybe for whatever reason people got off of Jamie and Maddie said we have to like the women have to stick together and go for Brandon
2: right and um which which uh, i guess they were right to, to not vote for Jamie because she she was safe mm-hmm. but, but no, I, I mean yeah. Yeah, I don't want to contest your broader point because it is obviously yeah. you know an extremely good one and, and you know you don't want to you don't want to quibble around it when the the trend is so overwhelming yeah um, and it, I do like to quibble though so
1: yeah, and if, look, if, if for whatever reason, and I don't know all of the pr- production behind the scenes, for whatever reason we have to do three tribes, like uh, like throw a swap in, because maybe that might, uh, like, maybe I'm going to be thinking about, like, uh, trying to, uh, maybe that, I, I don't necessarily want to keep necessarily the, all of the biggest, strongest people in the game, if there's going to be swaps in a game, but for whatever reason uh, it, it is what it is. Alright, um, as far as this vote goes, I, I have been doing a series called my burning question, Stephen, where I do a deep dive into one specific question every week. And I talked about the impact of players who lose their vote on Survivor and that I have found like, in going back and looking at it that the person who loses their vote tends to not be voted out. But it's so tends interesting. To be, it tends to be their close allies <clears throat> uh, who be the uh, who are the people that pay the price for somebody losing their vote. How big of a factor do you think that Matt not having a vote was in Claire going home?
2: That's really interesting because they could have forced the tie if Matt had his vote, right? And like Heidi they, might have got right, she might have been swayed. Right. The fact that Matt had no leverage in that argument suddenly becomes, yeah. I mean, if if Matt and, and Franny and Claire had said to Heidi, like, we're committed, we're doing this, you know, then she, who was seemed to be on the fence, you know, from what we saw that has, that would have to be an extremely compelling argument for her. And of course, at that point it becomes, you know, how really committed are Matt and, and Franny and Claire? Like how, how invested are they in this? But um, if, if, you know, I've, we've always said the group that is the strongest, that is the most willing to go to rocks is typically the group that gets this way. Yeah. You know, they, they don't have to go to rocks. So um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's really interesting because suddenly you no longer have that fed and especially when the tribes do start out, you know, when, losing, losing parity, Like suddenly you have, you know, you don't have any, any leverage at all. It's really interesting that it never settles on the person without a vote. You know, it's mm-hmm. so, I guess they're just like. Seem really to be only Brad, nod, Brad is
1: the only person like who that uh, got voted out who didn't have a vote.
2: It's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. But, so I do yeah. want to just uh, talk through, you know, this, this season, as, as you mentioned, there has been a lot of, entertainment and a lot of fun things that have been going on, but really the two storylines that we have sort of seen at the Soka tribe are Matt and Franny. They have a relationship and Danny has is like a you know a Tony in the making has a yep. ton of antics going on but we really didn't get to see like I, it seemed to me like Heidi was the person who was in the the swing position and we saw a little bit of Claire campaigning to her but she talked about how her closest relationship in the tribe is Danny and it right. seemed like that we really have been told this relationship, but have not really seen almost any interaction between Heidi and Danny through three episodes and four hours of this show.
2: I guess all the Danny content is like you said, going into the Danny shenanigans, you know, like they've got him somersaulting down the path. They've got him eating the paper, you know, (laughs) I was okay with that, you know, with Heidi, just a a brief confessional, like Heidi saying, Danny's my number one ally. I, I don't need to see whatever, you know, benign strategy conversation they had to, to cement their their relationship I was fine with yeah. with uh I mean Danny's a lot of fun he mm-hmm. is a lot of fun
1: yeah uh, and from yeah. Heidi's perspective though that I do think that she is incentivized though to go along with the vote against Claire again not knowing from where like her strategic relationships are but it okay she's Danny is her closest ally but if you vote Josh out now get you know the, the new Claire of who's sitting out this challenge gets to be Heidi, potentially. Right. Um, whereas you vote Josh out. Now, um, you know, if Claire's sitting out the challenge, Heidi's like one of the key cogs in the challenge. And potentially,
2: it, like people are looking like, oh, you know, Heidi, you know, ho- holds us back in the challenge. Well, I, I think a lot of players, I mean, that's, you know, my, was my perspective like, I don't want to be the person holding everybody else back. I think most people really, even delusionally want to put themselves into the challenge. You know, I mean, my experience has always been that people were like, I, I, I can do this part. You know, you'd have mm-hmm. people volunteering for things that were outrageously out of their skill yeah. sets. Um, because they all wanted to be in that in that cru- in yeah that clutch position. i do think that like i feel like
1: that if i was going to really try to get in the the mind of like you know the, what the show was trying to tell us about claire i i think that the like the thing that went against sort of like the entire theme of the show wasn't so much that claire was sitting out of challenges it was that she wasn't trying. She yeah, volunteered. Like, Jeff, like, did you volunteer? to sit out of the challenge. It's not even that you can't do the thing. It's that the, the, sh- the message of the show is that you need to try. And yeah. because if you are sitting out the three, I mean, that that's sort of like the moral of the story. I feel like that the show is giving you that she was not trying even, she didn't know if she could do it or not. She didn't put herself uh, to this test.
2: And I mean, I really think, you know, what they were saying about these challenges bond you, they do, you know, especially these super physical ones where you are just exhausted and miserable and covered in mud at the end, you know, and then you have like this tribe, especially as at the high of winning them. And they, you know, I, you know, have had some of those moments and you just, they just live in your memory so much of, wow, we got, we pulled it together, you know, we banded together somehow and we defeated, not just the other tribes, but the enormous obstacle of this challenge. We pushed ourselves harder than we ever could um, have imagined and and we did it together. And then you see that other person who's just kind of like, "Yay!" you know, you're like, oh my gosh, like you, you don't have that, that connection with them. And I, and it it is, it's real. I mean, I I don't, I think it's more than just a message of the show. I think that's a real bond and maybe something for players to, to think about. No, obviously that's not a, definitive bond, right? Like mm-hmm. people are not always voting people out for that reason, but I do think it's something that you want to be a part of. And I think, and, 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 I think too, you're right that the players too, will look at those people who are, you know, not fighting for themselves to be in the challenge and kind of think, why, why aren't you pushing for this? Like why? And, and again, like I'm someone who's like, yeah, I don't want to be in that position, but you know, I do think a lot of players um, feel that way. I remember my first season, I was like shocked at how much people cared about being in that, in that. Moment, like, fine, we're, we're here to play a game for a million dollars. Like, who cares about who pushes the giant cube? But people do. Mm-hmm. Okay, so steven I want to talk a little bit about
1: Danny and everything that went on with the business with the birdcage. You know that we saw somebody finally execute on what we think that Survivor clearly wanted the players to do. Right. Of okay, we gave them the mechanism to be able to plant the fake idol back in the birdcage. And it's interesting on a night that we had two fake idols planted on Survivor. And I really just want to know, okay, that TV aside, because this was a great moment, it was hilarious to watch Matt ultimately find the fake, or the key to find the fake idol. But the thing that I wonder about, that it's so, you are basically just like, Lighting a match and you have no idea what the outcome is going to be from that action of giving this, putting this fake idol into the tribe. I know that Dan said he needed to get the heat off of him and we don't know exactly how hot that heat was on him. But when you do not know exactly how this is going to turn out, is it a good idea to be creating this much chaos.
2: I don't know. I mean, first of all there's just the fun of being out there and doing it. I mean, obviously that's that you we got to put that aside. Um I think, you know, we've sort of In this new era of Survivor, it seems like all there is is chaos. And if you can be the one directing the flow of that chaos, how great for you. You know, and I do think there's something to be said for the idea that it totally puts the, you know, puts the focus away from him, right? Suddenly everyone is talking about Matt having the idol and Matt's a threat. And, oh, did Matt tell you about the idol, Mm -hmm. you know, And, and Danny can Canon did guide those conversations you know he gets to be the guy who comes up and says like hey like this can be between us and then he gets to go you know over to heidi and says i think he's going on Idol." you know and suddenly he gets to u- use information about the idol to build alliances without putting the threat of the idol on himself and we've talked about, i mean obviously we, we've talked for years and years about using the information of the idol that you hold to build an alliance but what about the information of the idol that somebody else holds yeah. the, to, build, to build in the lines. I thought it was inspired. I mean, I did tweet that and believe, and I'm curious about your take on this, Rob. Like, I think it's a little much how much the players get in terms of the fake idol. Like, to me, I yeah. feel slightly uncomfortable and, and I'm not totally um, defi- defined on kind of where I stand. I'm not sort of totally resolved on, on where I stand that the production gives them, gives them the fake idol. The fake idol looks just like Right, a fake, Like a real idol On a different tribe And they give them the note That like very neatly Tears in two It feels like they're It's For the player that receives That fake idol Like how could they possibly know That it was not a real You know It just seems unfair To that person Like they They've got the idol It's clearly made by production They've got the note You know like I always want there to be Either some like Agency of the idol makers You know someone yes. has to String the beads together Yes Or some way for them to discover that, oh, this isn't a real idol, but like how on earth could Matt know that he didn't have a chance to see Danny taking beads off of the, you know, and, and unlike the Matthew idol, right. Which Matthew made himself and he had to risk being caught and he took spent days doing it in this case, like there mm-hmm. just was no opportunity for Matt to know that he's been fooled. Yeah.
1: I I agree with you. I mean we've had this also in the past where okay there are idols that are past their expiration that are from production. And so it's like, oh, and it, like here's the note and here's the idol. But little do you know it's no longer a working idol. It's past the expiration date. Um so yeah, I was more impressed with, you know, uh, like if what Matthew does with his fake idol works as opposed to, you know, giving uh, the mechanism. It's like, you know, every uh, that, you know, Survivor has given the, the Dannys of the world, like the Wiley e. Coyote, like Acme tools uh, to be able to trap whatever Roadrunner he wants. It's less impressive than he, if he did it on his own.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think that's where I come down and, and obviously it's fun television. You know, it was very fun the way it all played out. Um, and they are making a TV show, but I think from the perspective, we were all loving it at my house. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Very fun. You know, Danny's plotting the way he executed it, you know, the way he kind of like basically like nudges everybody to look where he put the, the, the idol which by the way not a great idea. He should have put it somewhere where he didn't find it because they have a tendency to rehide idols in similar ways. So one thing uh, in past seasons is the players who find the idols early will often keep finding them because they know how production is hiding mm-hmm. them that season. So Danny probably should have kept the information to himself about where the how the idols are being hidden, you know, and and like put it in the in a crook of a tree or something so that they can find the idol but not in the specific way that it's being hidden that season anyway yeah. that's a sidebar um i think that it's um yeah just just uh as a potential player, you know you, you kind of want to be. How can you execute a strategy when it's just completely random, whether the idol you have in your hand is real or fake?
1: Yeah, I just think that's something that's worth mentioning here in the new era, because especially with uh, Jeff's podcast on fire, which I do think is very informative. It's great. Like it's re- it's really this season uh, that there are things that happen that are good TV, but also those things are not necessarily fair for the players.
2: And I think that, I mean, I think probably a lot of people who listen to us feel that like the best game is the best thing that they're going to be most interested in, as opposed Mm -hmm. to just like the most explosive, um, television. And I
1: think that's where we really we really come and look at this as game as players of the game uh, for, you know, as people who went through it and also for people uh, who are currently playing the game and people who are going to play in the future. I think that's a lot of time. that is where we are looking at it, where that I think that a lot of times that Survivor in the new era is very
2: focused on, like, what's going to be the most exciting TV? Right now, I will say that someone tweeted to me that, um, you know, Assuming some information is exchanged at some point, if you learn that there's a real and a fake idol, um, then you know oh, wait, I only got one idol. I, mine is probably fake. Yes. So there is like some way through information exchange to learn, but that's, you know, presumably down the line for a lot of these players.
1: And again, and then it's going to open up an investigation of like, oh wait, then so then was the person that really had it? Who could have right. done it? Who? And right. so that these are these things that you are, you know, you, you are creating the, these chaos and you are pushing this boulder down the hill, not knowing where it's going. And potentially it could eventually run you over down the road.
2: So you, you, do you think Danny was, you know, to go back to your original question, was Danny playing too chaotically?
1: You know what? I, I honestly, it's too soon to tell. Uh, I yeah. think that me personally, as a player, I don't know necessarily if I would have been so eager to get all of this going. I think that I probably, while everybody is like, yes, oh, okay. even My kids were saying like, oh yeah, put the fake thing back in the thing yes yes um but who knows how that's going to turn out that could work out that could ultimately work out very badly it was exciting that that it happened i think i would uh probably as carolyn uh what has done so far maybe the best of the three is hold on to the fake thing save it for a rainy day you don't know when
2: you might need it i think that that's how i would handle it Right, and wait for an actual tactical opportunity yeah. rather than just like random chaos. You would have cinched the bag better, though.
1: Probably, I would hope so. But yeah. I want to talk about, I, I noticed earlier tonight, you tweeted yeah. that Matthew, you called him the best player of the season, the player that's playing so far, the best. So far, The, per, so play, far. the Right, right. Well, yeah. I mean, of course. Yeah. Uh, the player who's playing the best so far. And I wanted to know what you thought about his idol, uh... His idol scam that he's running over on Jamie plant, um, plant mom, plant
2: lady and plant daddy. He planted one on her. I mean, again, like and that was so deliberate. Right. Whereas Danny was a little bit more chaotic. Right. Where he um, seemed to not really care who found it. Matthew, it seemed from what it looked like, really led her right to the spot, you know, where the idol, where the fake idol was, and then was really using it very deliberately um, to create an alliance with her, you know. Oh, we found this together. This is ours. You know, like now we have this shared knowledge. You know, they had some basis for a connection, but he really used it to yeah. cement
1: it. I mean, I, I kind of feel like at the point where you're plant lady and plant daddy. I feel like you already have the alliance. <laughs>
2: That's, yeah, now Jamie's gonna want to vote him out because uh, she knows. Because you know, she knows he knows. Oh, uh, you know, he, he knows my he knows secret. So I have to vote him out.
1: <laughs> He's the only person that knows about my item.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, But that was also a very, I mean, who doesn't love a flashback? You know, I mean, the flashback, you've got my heart immediately. Yeah.
1: A signature of the new era. But, you know, the thing that just comes to mind is the scene from Jurassic Park where Jeff Goldblum says, like, uh, you know, just because you could do these things, did did you take the time to think
2: about whether or not you should do these things? <laughs> I mean, to your point again, like obviously the, you know, waiting till it's really practical and you really need to make the fake is probably, it's probably good. I think people are just so excited there's so you know so much chaos happening like, let's just you know throw everything out there um yeah Steven, what did you, you even do game? on
1: survivor when you were in uh like making fake idols and burying fake idols and, and checking bird cages and, and running around and trying to do people
2: we did a lot of fishing
1: <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know, but that's a big, uh, apparently a big part of the show right now of just like
2: trying to pass off fake idols to people for real idols. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was very fun. It was very, I mean, again, like, mm-hmm. uh, and, and Matthew, I, I, I don't know. I mean, he's just, you know, playing such a fun game. And, and I think he's got, you know, again, I'm so smitten with his use of the shot in the dark, to abstain from a vote.
1: Yeah, we had it. We actually got it right for that first know-it-all.
2: I know. It was totally, I mean, we're just speculating and we nailed it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, that he said that he was going to, you know, basically, I didn't want to cast a vote at that first tribal council. And, you know, it was very interesting what he did. Now knowing all of the information and we didn't get to talk to you about it last week. Do you think, was that a good move, what he did?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I assume you agreed that it was like, it seemed like it was the perfect move where everybody, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, I read some of the exits and it does seem like there was a lot more going on Mm -hmm. than we saw on television. And I'm sure, I mean, I don't know if you're referring to all of that where, you know, there was 16 different plans in the air, but um, as there always is, as there always is, but uh, you know, just the fact that he wasn't sure, you know, to, to totally abstain, not get anybody mad at him, you know, Keep his, his number one ally, potentially his number one ally, you know, placate the other side. It was great. And we saw, too, you know, that, that Kane, the one person who did vote against, you know, whose, whose vote did count against yeah. uh, Brandon was, you know, got in trouble for it. As, again, he probably, <laughs> as
1: he should have. So, uh, I actually uh, don't think it was uh, like I loved it. And I talked about this in, in that burning question video that I did where I did. a yeah. dive. So uh, like I I loved the the thinking behind it, because I think that Matthew Matthew made history in that first tribal council of the season as being the first person ever to play the shot in the dark, not as like right. a desperate shield against getting voted out of the game. He actually is the first person to use it in a different way. I do think that he could have accomplished all of his same goals that he outlined by still voting with Brandon at that first tribal council. The only thing I don't know is would Bra- if, if Matthew had cast a vote and not played the shot in the dark— would Brandon have still played the idol? If he would have said, well, okay, well, I know that uh, right. Brandon, uh, I know that Matthew voted for, with me. We don't know if like, oh, there's only one vote. I, I Now I have to play the idol. If it would if Brandon would have said, okay, I'm not going to play my idol because I know I've got my guy Matthew. But I think that it's been such an interesting thing about Matthew as a character on the show between the explaining of like what I did with the shot in the dark, I'm going to be the first person to do this other thing, and I'm going to think outside of the box with this. And then I also have built the survivor puzzles in my backyard out of plywood, and I'm going to explain to everybody exactly what I'm doing. And then also I not only uh, have I do I know about the uh, the the real idol, and then I'm going to go I'm going to go and find it, and then I'm going to make a fake idol, and then I'm going to lead Jamie to it. He just has so. Much going on in this game that I think it's so interesting to watch. I do feel like it is too much.
2: See, I don't think I feel like he somehow makes it not chaotic. You know, where he is forming these genuine bonds with people. You know, he does seem to be everybody's best ally. You know, from from the little we've seen, he is you know, running he that tribe. I will say, yeah. and like he's got the real bonds. You know, Jamie's like gushing about him. You know, he's Brandon's number one, and I don't think he could have. Uh, pulled it off had he voted with Brandon because then Kane is like, why did you leave me hanging? Like you, you voted with him. Like, why wasn't I a part of that? I was initially a part of that group. Suddenly you guys voted together and I'm left out. Like then he, like, I just think it, you know, as soon as pen goes to parchment, people are trying to suss out where you stand and where you stand in relationship to them. And to just avoid that entirely, especially for that first vote where people are really kind of setting up their mental framework for the structure of the game I just thought it was great. And especially (laughs) nobody else is voting. Nobody knowing that nobody else is voting. Why do you want to be one of the three people who's, Mm -hmm. you know, drawing a line in the stand? Yeah. Steven,
1: we didn't spend a lot of time with Tika tribe tonight. Uh, Ultimately. uh, Do you want to just weigh in on the Helen vote from uh, the last tribal council? Do you have any thoughts on uh, how the Tika tribe stands uh, through three episodes of the show?
2: I mean, I, I mean, it was again, like a very fun episode, Carolyn, obviously I'm I'm sorry. I didn't have a chance to gush about what a fun character Carolyn is. Um, uh, where did you guys come down on, on Carson's choice? I, I have opinions, but I'm curious what you guys think to, you know, this basically him saying, am I going with yeah. the rational players? Well, everybody or knows
1: players? what, uh, what I have to say about it. So let's just hear what you have to say about it. Well,
2: before I do that, I though, I, wanna, I, wanna know I don't know. No, my perspective is that I, I'm just, going I get, okay, well, I'm, I'm flying blind here. Um, okay. hopefully I, you know, it's not a perspective that's been thoroughly refuted. Um, I like, cause the problem with the rational players is they may rationally find you disposable down the line. You know, the emotional players will stick with you. You know, Carolyn is going to, you know, love Carson forever for this moment, you know, and, 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 and same too with Jam Jam. I feel like that's going to be a three that's going to go, you know, that has potential to go deep, but like, you know, if you stick with Helen and um, you know, Sarah, like maybe there's less of a uh, deep, like that sort mm-hmm. of like crazy emotional yeah. bond. Is that, I don't is think that-
1: anybody had had that uh, opinion that I had heard. Uh, that, oh, so or, yeah, or the, I think that that was an original take. Yeah. Oh, good.
2: Well, my fear was being original because I want to be like just you know just on the edge of the consensus. Um, <laughs> I don't want to be too far too fear too far afield. Well What's the what's <laughs> my this- my
1: question that I wanted to ask you about this last yeah. week was that did you think that it was the right move for Carson to do, do? You want to be in an alliance with the bigger personalities who are going to get a lot of screen time, or do you? want to be maybe the breakout star in the alliance that's not going to have uh
2: as much confessionals that's very interesting that's where where um and also too like if you're with erratic players like that's scary right the thing is like as you kind of said you kind of like brought me back when um when i sort of had suggested karen was erratic you know you were like she's actually making good decisions you know i mean so i i mean (laughs) <laughs> the, screen, the screen time question is very funny. Mm-hmm. Do you want to be with the like higher? I mean, I guess, though, like, uh, <laughs> so, you yeah. know, but he's he's different enough. You know, he's got a niche, you know, mm-hmm. where it's not it's not um, he's not going to get lost um, in, in that group. But but, um, you know, if he was if it was like Carson, Helen and Sarah, like maybe his most boring qualities are brought to the fore and he becomes sort of like fades into the background that yeah. way. Yeah, um, but but I, I you know out more. I, the question to me was more like, do you want to play with the more erratic players who maybe will make decisions that you don't totally um, agree with? But I don't think either Jan Jimmer or, or Carolyn are are that. They're like more flamboyant, but they're not mm-hmm. necessarily. I mean, so far we haven't really seen them to be. You know kooky in uh, yeah. the strategic sense. Yeah.
1: Carson said tonight that uh, he may still want to go back and work with
2: Sarah. Is he just uh, selling us a bill of goods or yeah, is that just a possible? Well, it's good for him to leave his options open. And I mean, as they were saying, you know, as, as I think jam jam or uh, I think what Jim Jam Jim said it last, last week, you know, to, to get rid of Helen leaves Sarah, no options. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's especially great for Carson because um, you know, he's really her best option. Her her confessional was very funny tonight about like, I don't trust Carson at all, but unfortunately he's the person I trust most on this, uh, in this group. Um, yeah, I don't know what, what, uh, did you think what was your perspective? Like, what's the g- so, give, give me a tease here?
1: Yeah, really, it came down to that. It was such a big deal that Helen had lost her vote, and then Carson had, you know, had just seen in Survivor Forty Two where it came down to that two-two vote, where Daniel had gotten to the stalemate with High. Obviously, uh, that he did not want to participate in that. I think it made it very easy for him to mm. jump ship and go off with jam jam and carolyn at that point uh to avoid being part of like a a stalemate and sorry helen
2: yeah that's a great i mean that's great um sorry for you uh that's a great that's a great take yeah i like that a lot
0: Mm -hmm. sick of being upsold at gyms
1: Let's take some questions from our wonderful listeners. Wait,
2: yeah, we have to tell you know Scott Saint Pierre, you know producer, Canadian. Yes, um, has we, for his sake we need to mention the fact that the Canadian national anthem was N- taken liberties with. Tonight. Yes,
1: yes, Sir <laughs> Sir Kane knighted <laughs> by Jeff. Uh, yeah. Did while I think did was the first player in survivor history to sing the Canadian national anthem uh, that he did not get it right. Yeah. Um, yes.
2: That's a, that's a, that's big, you know, is he a Canadian? Are we sure? Yes. Well, <laughs> but I mean, are we sure uh, has he passed the citizenship
1: test? I don't, I don't know. know. I mean,
2: can they revoke your citizenship for something like that on national television, you know, mm-hmm. in, a, in a different country? Yeah.
1: Can we get a poll from the Canadians in the chat? Were you happy that he did it and got it wrong? Or do you wish that he would not, if he's going to not get it right, do you wish he would not even sing the Canadian
2: national anthem? Um, you know, you're tired out there and you're you're sleep deprived. You're, you're hungry. Your brain isn't working right. Um, you know, sometimes different words pop into your head when you're thinking, singing the national anthem.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think, have we ever heard the U.S. national
2: anthem on Survivor? I don't believe so. I mean, Shambo saying, I am, I'm a survivor, but that's not technically the <laughs> U.S. She national did, She FM. did?
0: Was yeah, there was, you, was like you, a
2: scene of her at the end of, um, like, I don't know, at the end of the one one of the episodes, like singing it under a tree, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Not Wanda, Shambo? I think it was Shambo. Mm-hmm. You know, correct okay. me if I'm wrong here. Um, what about the worms? Was that this episode? Was, that I, was I watched the two episodes back to back. No, so, I watched the two episodes back to back. That was something we're talking about. What's mm-hmm. your take on on worms? Uh, eating, eating the
1: worms? worms? Yeah. I don't know, Um, we don't see a lot of survivors do it. Uh, Jamie said that she loved it, so I don't know, is this gonna be more of a
2: staple of the new year? I mean, it was one of the highlights of the episode for my kids. Yeah, very, I mean, it was a very fun, I mean, I remember, um, didn't like Jolanda eat a bug? I remember like that so vividly. And like, so when I was on Survivor my first time, I was like, we found like a termite mound, and like, there was like a giant like termite queen. We were like, oh, we've gotta eat the termite, it's so fun, we're on Survivor, we gotta eat the termites. Mm -hmm. Uh, but JT at the time made a very good point, which was, you know, if there's a plate full of termites, I'll eat the termites. I'm not going to have like one bite of a termite. You know, right. like if it's like actual nutrition, I'll I'll, I'll eat your, yeah. your plate of I think of you, you,
1: it's something you do for the story. I think you, you yeah. eat exactly one worm, and I think that's the end of your worm eating on Survivor.
2: Yeah, I mean, we saw with Mike Holloway, very dangerous. Mm-hmm. He had a scorpion, and we got very sick, although yes. it worked out for him in the end.
1: Yes, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, Stephen, let's go ahead and uh, take some questions from the audience. Uh, let's start with Deanna, who says, what do we think about Franny saying she can get Matt to uh, follow along with whatever she wanted? Uh, that Do you see that as a like Franny is leading Matt or do you think do you see that more of as a partnership?
2: I think we got, I mean, Freddie's definitely the less invested one in the relationship, right? I mean, Matt is head wow. over heels. Freddie likes, I think Freddie likes him, but I don't, I don't, I think Matt is definitely all in. What you know, a he will, not.
1: fun story it's been for Matt, uh, where he's had so much adversity and bad luck. He's coming off of a breakup. He lost his dog. He went to Shipwheel Island. He lost his votes. And now, was, yeah. And now, at last, finally, he's like, this is the first good thing that happened to me in the game. I found this idol and then <laughs> turns out to be a fake.
2: Yeah. And he's the one who said he had, you know, right. The Eric uh, Reichenbach energy.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You bring that with you in the game.
2: Big Reichenbach energy.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, l- let's, uh, let's see. Okay. How about uh, our, our great friend, uh, Christian Ubiki Uh, he, he came by for a pizza the other night, Steven. Well, well brag, 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 you mm-hmm. know, Yeah, Yeah, I had a great time where uh, Christian and uh, another uh, Raleigh local, uh, Jesse Lopez uh, came by. See so much of Jesse here in Raleigh. Were they pre-gaming? I don't think so. I mean, I mean, were they drinking before they came to my house? I don't I doubt it.
2: (laughs) That sounds really fun. I'm really envious. I'm just lashing We needed out you. We needed
1: you. I posted the picture yeah. on Instagram and I, somebody I said, is nice. that Steven Fishback? I said, yes. Which one? <laughs> um, it could be any. I mean, yeah. I feel like I am <laughs> close to any. of <laughs> Yes. I think Jesse often is uh, mistaken for you. Really? No. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, <laughs> I going to say I guess Christian I mean yeah mm-hmm. see yes, <laughs> yeah. what about Christian's question uh, all this fake idol madness reminds me my idol in this S37 had a tamper proof seal made of husking yarn and thus I had no ambiguity they clearly don't do that so much anymore I mean if anything they yeah. like have
1: more of an anecdote know. than a question from Christian
2: but it's interesting, I mean, how much they, you know, invested in this idea that this is a real thing. And I mean, I feel like Jeff had often said, like, you don't know if it's real until, mm-hmm. I know, yeah, you know, it's like, you, you, you know, once it's on parchment, you know, then then it's, um, then it's real. But, but uh, they've definitely moved away from that. Um, yeah. Mike Bloom was tweeting earlier, you know, they've, they've obviously had the idols that have looked more and more contestant made. Um, and now they're full on giving them fakes.
1: Mm-hmm yeah okay. Uh, Emily Rogers wants to know did Danny play the fake idol the right way? Should he have called out Matt in front of Josh or just whispered about it to others? okay based off okay, once he makes the the decision to do what he did, do you feel like that he handled that optimally once Matt has found the idol?
2: Well, I would think why not approach Matt by himself? Like, why do it when Josh is there? That was my question about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because
1: it makes it like almost like an adversarial type. Uh, really, uh, and, you know, it's also he's kind of like I know he's a firefighter, but it makes him a little bit of like a cop when he's like, hey, uh, you put something in, you put you got something like we right. saw that be, drive a wedge between Brandon and Maddie back in right. the first episode where it's like he knows he has it. Why does he have to confront
2: him about it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you again, like using it to sort of build a bond with Matt would be good, but like to do it right in front of Josh, it just clearly is him. Yeah, creating chaos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, speaking of the fake idols, uh, what about this question from Jacob? Okay, Jacob Kramer wants to know: Does Brandon still have his fake idol? I'm getting a little confused because Matthew got a fake idol that he tricked Jamie with his last episode. How many fakes are in the game? Well, we saw Matthew make his fake idol, so we know that Matthew yeah. Matthew's fake idol is not one from Brandon. I guess we're assuming right. brand. There left. are four Ooh. fake idols in the game, Steven. <laughs> well, is, are there? Like, where is Brandon's fake idol? There may just be he has three fake it. idols in the game. Why, why, so, wait, where, what would he do? Oh, oh I'm sorry. I, for some reason, I was like, Brandon, around. <laughs> he played the real idol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he yeah, still yeah, has fake idols. idols. There's more fake idols than real idols.
1: There's the two fake idols. Yeah, there's yeah. more fake idols than real idols.
2: Yeah. Um, there's
1: four fakes, two real.
2: Yeah, that's very funny.
1: 14 players are left. <laughs> 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 and there are more to come i don't think you think we're stopping at four fake idols
2: wow wow i'll put a fake idol for every player that would be amazing there's four fake fa- idols. get there's
1: four fake idols yeah there's two real idols uh and at least two other advantages uh in the game uh the inheritance advantage and the bank of vote uh, oh right! Know, I'm yeah. Sorry,
2: bank of vote is over. Lauren right. just she has two her votes. vote, but she has her extra vote. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Any other um, questions? If someone gets one of those fake idols and then makes another fake idol, you know, to yes. fool someone off this end of the fake idol, does that idol become real? Uh, fake of a fake. Fake of a fake. I know. I think it's still
1: fake. By the way, I'm sorry. I'm right, wrong. Right. There are three real idols, four fake right, idols, right, right. Cause, cause, uh, cause one found, extra vote, and one advantage. Yeah. Tank a vote mm-hmm. or uh
2: the inheritance advantage
1: I'm sorry, yeah. yeah sorry the inheritance advantage yeah. okay i'm sorry i'm sorry I, I'm, I'm sorry to get this confused everybody it's ob- it's very cl- plain and
2: cl- clear and simple and then um in terms of other and the only other wrinkle is that that uh matt is still negative one vote right like there's uh is that it
1: matt cannot vote for one more tribal council
2: yeah but that's that's all the that's it that's all of it that's all the shenanigans
1: that's that is all the funny business right now but I'm sure we're going to Shipwheel Island in the next episode Oh. I mean, we went two episodes in a row with no Shipwheel Island. So you got to get yeah. back to get some advantages back in the game. We don't want things <laughs> getting stale, Stephen. Yeah. By the way, I yeah. will say that, you know, for the shot in the dark, you, you talked about uh, how you liked how it was used earlier in the season. I did feel like that it completely sucked the drama out of the tribal council tonight. Once Claire says, well, Wait. Like, I played the shot in the dark. Like, well, wow. okay, Claire's gone.
2: Right, right. We knew that she knew that she was going home. And mm-hmm. so, so, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a, I mean, I kind of had the, the feeling like, oh my gosh, what if it hits? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be great? I really thought Claire was going much farther. I, I felt like too. she was a breakout character on that tribe. I mean, she was so fun and they kept going to her for her great reactions. I was very disappointed. I was ready to come on here and be like, all right, well, Josh, we didn't yeah. know
1: anything about him. He's gone.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that I really liked this cast. And because we've seen so little of Josh, I was like, okay, I, I could lose Josh. I'm all right with that.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah.
2: yeah, I mean Claire. I mean
1: she had a, a th- uh, like a lot going on in uh, a couple episodes that she had everything with. As she had like all the great reactions to yeah. Matt and and uh, Franny, and then also she had the whole thing with sitting out of the Matthew. challenges. The moment yeah. with Matthew. So yeah, she had a lot going on. Okay, the
2: Matthew thing was so was was like iconic, you know? Yeah, like, like,
1: yeah. Bring her back for Game Changers. Okay, all right. she would be a great second chance contestant. P.S. Like she would be great. I think so. Okay. Uh 26 days says for Matthew, was Jamie the best person to have found his fake idol. We Stephen, we've almost never seen this, also, where, you know, for Danny, it was sort of like, oh, I'm gonna randomly hide it. Uh for Matthew, this was also interesting that he led like a
2: specific person who was his ally this is a really good to point. the fake idol. Yeah ally to have a fake perception i mean it sounds like he's not particularly invested in her right right sounds like one of his minions yeah he was like oh yeah great i'm i'm plant daddy you know like fine um so but he but it does seem like you want your allies even your you know just nominal allies to have a realistic perception of their place in the game if they're gonna bake their strategy around something that's not real like that's gonna have a negative effect on your strategy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so interesting to see, you know, and he said like, well, like maybe, you know, uh, that this is going to build trust and if I want to throw her under the bus, uh, I can, uh, that she, like, I don't know necessarily like uh, how you necessarily would throw her under the bus of like uh, that show oh, she has the idol. So we got to blindside her tonight because she has an idol. Um, I don't know. But yeah. you look, Matthew... I am very glad that he's on the season because he is thinking about things that the
2: average survivor player is not thinking about. The shot, I mean, the shot in the dark thing, whether you like it or not, I do. It's just like so, such a thoughtful use of of a tool in the game to, yeah, my just,
1: ultimate yeah. verdict on it is that I don't like that at the first vote of the season. I right. I don't think I don't think he needed yeah. to do it. I love the thought process. I think I think it's really interesting. I thought think that Omer was able to not use his vote at the merge in season forty two right. and was able to really get a lot out of it. I think that Matthew benefited very much from that. Also, Jamie didn't vote, and then also Lauren didn't vote at that first tribal council and. So ultimately, it didn't end up costing him. But I do feel like that not being able to vote at these herbal, early tribal councils, I think, does hurt your game.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I true like when people are kind of defining well, whatever we've been through it already. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I mean, I do think of those early tribal councils, like you get a sense of people, where people are and that gives you comfort in them you, but like in that case where he was, there were two sides and he didn't want to you know, anger either. Whatever we, we've been through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Stephen,
1: uh, let's uh, clean this up a little bit. Uh, we got a couple of different questions or some version of
2: since when can you sit back, uh, sit out back to back challenges. This is consistent. Um, they have always said, basically, not always, it used to be back to back challenges, but then they, years ago, clarified that it was, Back to back that episode, or uh, sorry, episode, uh, challenges within the same like episode or three or, or cycle or whatever. So they have been consistent about that. That it's, um, once there's a new episode, mm-hmm. they are, you know, you're yeah. free to, yeah. you're free and to That's sit been,
1: been that way for a very, very long time. So, yeah. um, the, that is, I'm, I'm surprised that, uh, so many people have that question because it has been a survivor rule that they have had for, if any, I'm surprised that they haven't
2: changed it in the new era. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a too, too long-standing a role. No, it's yeah. like why don't they play music videos on MTV? You know, it's just mm-hmm. one of those things people say. You know, but if they like thought about yeah. it, at all, they'd be like, "Oh no, I know it."
1: Okay. Really know. One last question uh, before we start to wrap things up. A uh, little
2: H uh, has a question, Stephen. All right, little H wants to know: Is Matthew taking a page out of the Tyson game move book and milking his injury? He looked pretty agile getting on top of that cube. I mean, it, it wasn't his legs. Hmm. Yeah, uh, but um. Yeah, I would
1: say. No, but I really like. First off, it's Matthew who has been playing 4D right. chess at different points uh, this yeah. season, and also that I, I don't trust what we see in the show. It might we might get to day 24 of the season, and Matthew says, "Actually, my shoulder was fine the entire season. <laughs> like I, I I knew that if I just could put my arm in a sling, everybody would underestimate me, and this is like like who knows, right?"
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's annoying. Um, <laughs> that's, uh, but yeah, you know, he he had pain today. He, we saw him. He shout out know. today. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I suspect you can't that. Like, have everyone commenting all the time on every single one of the questions that may arise. You know, like it's just so. Mm-hmm. I don't all know. Right. I'm a little more. Um, I don't know. It's a t- I mean, I'm more because I feel that there's so much that happens in real life that's not on the TV show. I'm sort of more like, oh, this is what the TV show is. That This is their version of reality. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Even, uh, fishy for tonight. I mean, got to give it to Danny. Yeah. Uh, very fun episode for him. You know, he got the idol, did the fake. You know, he really led who got voted out, got his way in spite of a number of people not wanting his way. Uh, so I think you got to give it to him. Also, retroactively, we did say... Episode one, if everything we were speculating about Matthew was true, that he would get the fishy, it was. So I'm sorry for Brandon. Retroactive. He loses his fishy. And fishy uh, Matthew. For Matthew. Wow. Matthew gets it. That was always a possibility. And mm-hmm. that's what is that unfortunately. I'm sorry for you, Brandon. Has but, that uh, ever happened before? I don't think so. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. That's uh, tough. It's a tough break. Um, And then, of course, last week, got to obviously give it to Carolyn. Okay. All so right. So all the fishy business has been concluded.
1: Good job. Turn All out. right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what's coming up here on RHAP. Of course, uh, I mentioned earlier at the top of the show, we got a big live show planned coming up on April 29th. Uh, I will be at the Duke Energy Center coming up. Uh, as I say, April 29th, March, March 29th, uh, two weeks from tonight. Tickets are available at robhaswebsite.com slash Raleigh or com slash events for more information. Uh, It's going to be a fun one. All right. Steven, uh, then coming up on Thursday afternoon, I'll be taking questions live from the patrons for Mm. the patron happy hour. So you can join us in our patron discord or in our patron Facebook group. I'll be taking your questions. I'm sure we'll talk a lot about this week's uh, survivor and much more. Uh, I'll be live on Thursday afternoon, 1 p.m. Eastern for That one, I'll put the podcast in the patron feed to follow. And of course, uh, we've got so much great coverage coming up on the Survivor Feed. Go to robinswebsite.com slash Survivor Feed where you'll hear all of my stuff, including this week's Survivor Feedback Show. With Liana Boris, of course, co-host of the B&B, uh, where uh, Liana and Mike are going to be talking to Marion Okich uh, this week. Mm. Not to mention all the coverage from Survivor Global, Why Blank Lost, the Survivor stockwatch, and of course, the Purple Pants Podcast, Survivor News Edition with Bryce, Wendell, Jack Atkins. Uh, all that every week. Rob's website.com slash Survivor Feed.
2: Rob, what makes a good question? You know, you're saying like you get the, the patron questions, you're going to be answering the patron. What makes like a good question that, you know, you really want to dig into?
1: So for the patron podcast, when people call in live. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really for me, it's more about just like people calling in and having like good, uh, energy and like that I can like have a good rapport with, uh, back yeah. and forth more so than a, uh, a question. I do feel like that for the, like the feedback shows and stuff like that, like coming in and having like, uh, you know, a pretty short to the point, but like, uh, something like, uh, funny to say, I think that those are tend to be the best questions for the different shows. Hmm. Steven, Right after we get off tonight, uh, Kevin Jacobs, Big Brother Canada 10 winner, is going to be joining the panel to talk about Wednesday night, Big Brother Canada 11. Usually, Kevin is with us on Thursdays, uh, but Kevin can't be with us tomorrow night, so he's going to be making the Wednesday night appearance, talking about the veto of a week, the second week of uh, Big Brother Canada, so be sure to Catch that right after uh, we get done at 10 30 Eastern. Uh, Steven, we had uh, an all time News AF episode uh, oh. this week with myself. Danny and our friend Tyson Uh, and uh, Tyson was up early to go to Legoland and he was in rare form Uh, and uh, that Tyson broke about halfway through this podcast uh, and uh, had trouble recovering. So this was a really fun news AF uh, talking about the most interesting news stories of the week. We do it every week on Tuesdays on Rob has a podcast. Is he in Denmark? No, no, he's in uh, California.
2: Oh, I didn't know there was a Lately Land in California.
1: Yeah, yep. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and of course, uh, this week, Stephen, uh, I don't know if you've been following at all. I know that you and I got the Australian Survivor recaps started once upon a time, but this has been the best season of Australian Survivor. I've heard... Shannon gas uh, is covering Survivor Heroes versus Villains, and she had on another great friend, Owen Knight, joined Shannon to talk about week seven of Australian Survivor Heroes versus Villains. Check that out. A very fun podcast. I myself did a check-in with Shannon. I've been checking in with her every single week. We recorded that already this morning. Another fun one uh, with
2: Shannon. Rob, what... Seasons of Australian Survivor do I need to watch to appreciate this season? So I think that really the one that you want to watch
1: is uh the biggest one is going to be Survivor Bra- uh, Australian Survivor Brains versus Brawn which was from 2 years ago. But Shannon okay. and I have been talking about potentially like after this is over maybe doing a uh, cuz I did not get to watch that in the real time. Maybe we might be doing some sort of like a uh like community rewatch. Oh, that's fun. Mhm yeah so that's a big that's a big one really fun season of Australian Survivor of course uh, check out of course we have great coverage of Married at First Sight Uh, Asia Welch and Jason Reed cover uh, Married at First Sight in our Perfect Match podcast feed check out season 16 episode 11 they do a great job they've built a whole community around Married at First Sight they've got a Facebook group uh, and they've uh, they've got a ton of Married at First Sight fans uh, who wait for their recap every single week Got a new episode coming out at the end of this week. Uh, so if you're a Married at First Sight fan, check out what Asia and Jason are saying every week over on Married at First Sight. All right. Of course, uh, check out everything we're doing. All of our podcast feeds. You can subscribe for free anytime. website.com slash subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And of course, uh, be sure to let us know uh, what you think over on social media
2: all right steven uh what Thanks. else is coming up for you i mean i'll be podcasting you with you next week that's that's the big news on my horizon mm-hmm. yes yeah. uh what about uh
1: in in uh in the non-survivor world
2: everything good know, yeah yeah things are good <laughs> things yeah. are great things are good you know we've got a it's nice yeah okay. parents were just visiting it was lovely yes. to see them yeah all right well, Stephen, uh, so
1: nice to have you back with us here this week. We'll be back to talk about what looks like another wild episode of Survivor coming up next Wednesday night. Take care, everybody. Yes.
2: We didn't talk about Kane being knighted. Did we talk about Kane being knighted? Briefly. Briefly. Oh, yes. Right, we did. We and did anything you want to add? How do you think the no. coach is going to react to that? Yeah, that was, uh, was. I mean, if co- if we had, had a sword, if coaches ever had a sort of sword in his, in any of his games, it would have been a lot of knighting going on. Mm-hmm. It
1: would have been, yeah. yeah, yeah. He says like, knight uh, me, Jeff, and Jeff seemed like, uh, okay, do do? Just, uh, uh,
2: uh, like like. Just... I feel like Jeff was momentarily into it, and then he was like, "Wait a second, am I am I setting a precedent here?" <laughs> like, it's like the last name thing, where everyone's like clamoring. Though they're like, "Am I gonna have to knight everybody every mm-hmm. season now?" Yeah, all uh, right, yeah. all knight. right. That's all. Knight everybody. Knight.
1: <laughs> that's good. That was
2: great.